0: I have a great, great team. I have a great support group. I have great people in my corner. Help me in every way. Raise money for kids battling cancer. Do things in in a positive way. I wake up every day and I tell people, have a plan, man. Have a goal, what you want to achieve for that day. Write it down on a piece of paper and go out and make it happen. And if you can look in your mirror every day of your life, at the end of the day, and you can look at that mirror and simply say,
1: I was better today than yesterday, you're winning. That's Dick Vitale, and I'm Brian Falchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Where you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned. I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day-doers. I've got a very special episode today. It's special for two reasons. One good, one less good. The good reason why it's special is my guest, Dick Vital. which, for those of you who don't have a TV, have no one in your life who's into sports, um, or hasn't seen a commercial in the past 20 years... You may not know who Dick is, but for everyone else, uh, you know exactly who he is. Dick Vitale is basically the voice, more than just the voice, the, the personality of college basketball in America and really through ESPN, Dick or Dickie Baby, Dickie V, and every other nickname and catchphrase you can come up with. He is such a strong personality, such a ball of energy and positivity, and he's known for that throughout his career. Uh, He's been on ESPN for 40 40 plus years now. And before that was an acclaimed coach, um, except for one period in his coaching career, which is actually what I dig into with him today. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, But the not so good reason is, you know, usually these are long form. We go 30 to 60 minutes, give or take. And uh, Dick didn't have that much time. So I've got about 10 or 12 minutes of Dick Vitale in this interview. But I got to say, I don't think I've interviewed anyone who could give you that much in that little time as Dickie V. So I I got to meet Dick uh, this past summer, so the summer of 2018, at an event he came to speak at for my company. He was our motivational or keynote speaker. And he um, I'm sure there was a fixed amount of time I'm sure there was a fixed idea of exactly what he would say. And I'm sure none of that mattered because he he gave us a lot more than whatever was allotted. And he kind of hit a number of different things throughout his career. You could say it was disjointed in the sense that it it moved around a lot, but you couldn't say it was disjointed in terms of the message. Like I was just blown away. He had the entire room completely riveted and just like every I don't know 12 seconds you got some blow away like whoa you know kind of motivation moment it was amazing it's absolutely amazing um definitely I, w- I would say he's probably the most motivating speaker I've gotten to listen to in person in my life which is uh, which is saying a lot because I've heard some pretty incredible people um I loved it and you know, I've got this this kind of, I don't know if you call it a mantra or a motto, but something I've definitely talked about a lot where if you don't have something that you want, you might as well ask for it. Cause the worst case scenario is nothing happens. You know, you're no worse off. You just still don't have it. And best case scenario, you get it. So, um, after, uh, Dick stuck around to take photos with everyone. I got a couple of shots with him myself, but afterward, I just went up to him and I said, Hey, look, you know, that was incredible, incredibly motivating. And I was really surprised to hear about your tough moments in your career and where you weren't sure about what was going to come next and whether you had lost it and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, the negative stuff, cause you never hear that from Dick and how he went through that and how he picked himself up and moved forward. And, Actually, it's through those tough moments that his career really exploded. Because um, that was all—it was pre-ESPN. It's what led to ESPN happening, which is is like his hallmark. Um, so I just said, you know, I've got this podcast. I would love to interview you. And uh, you know, I expected him to be like, oh, I don't do that, or I'm too busy, or whatever. He goes, yeah, here's here's my daughter's phone number. Tell her that dad said this was okay. I'm like, oh, okay, that's awesome. So sure enough, um I was able to get fifteen minutes with him and the other the other not so good piece of the puzzle and, and he mentions this is uh we had a technical problem. So I could not get my call recording to kick in or it, it kicked in and we could each speak and get recorded, but we couldn't hear each other, which is super frustrating. So I think it took about three calls and then I had to quickly go try something else. And that worked. Um, so we ate up a few of the 15 minutes, just getting everything going. And I, you know, I felt, felt so bad about that, not just for losing the time, but also, um, you know, he was giving so much of himself in what is already an insanely jam packed day. Um, and so I, you know, I just personally felt really bad for putting him in that spot when, you know, he was given of himself, um, but he's a champ, he's a pro, he came back from that, and uh still gave a ton of himself. We talked about you know this uh there's this dark moment where he was the head coach of the Detroit Pistons for those who don't know, and um he ended up getting fired after I think it was like a total of a year and a half. He got fired in nineteen seventy nine and that devastated him because Dick's existence was coaching you know he he loved it, he loved guiding people, he loved motivating them, he loved the planning. He loved the camaraderie. He loved the values. I mean, that's the difference between a great coach and a bad coach is the ones who tap into the values and get you to play from that motivation that, you know, we could have had a whole episode just on that. But what I was surprised about was that he went through a dark time and that that's, that's what got him to wake up and move forward with a totally different path than he would have ever tried otherwise. Uh, and I just, I don't know how many people really get to see that side of Dickie B. Um, you know, they just, uh, they see the the big boisterous personality on TV and the TV announcer kind of personality that you don't, like you don't expect that they're dark days. Or if you do, you don't think they're all that bad, you know? And, uh, and this was like, this was his dream and it came crashing down. And then he basically basically like wasn't leaving the house. He's just watching he's just uh, Luke and Laura in General Hospital. He's just watching uh soap operas during the day and just kinda in this depression funk. Um and it, you know, it took a little bit of his wife kicking him in the butt, it took a little bit of him kicking himself in the butt, picking himself up, and and that's you know, that's how he was raised and how he was taught is you get up and you push ahead and you create something better. Even if you're coming from something dark, um I just I love his message. I love what he shares with everyone and um he said there's there's one time where he said this idea of wake up every day, have a plan and a goal, know what you want to achieve that day, and have a plan for how to achieve it. That kind of sounds like do a day to me," which you know or at least a piece of it uh kind of boiling it down. I it doesn't surprise me that when I was listening to him over the summer that I was like, oh, this guy would be perfect for the show. Little did I know, that's kinda you know, that's kind of how he's gone about it himself, is every day there's a plan and, and a goal and you execute it and go after that goal and it adds up. And for him it's added up to quite a successful career. So I will jump into the episode with Dickie V. It's short but it's powerful. So if you listen to podcasts on anything but 1x speed, you definitely don't want to speed this one up. He talks fast anyway. Um, dig in, listen to Dickie V, get blown away. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. I'm still just blown away with the efficiency of motivation, if that's a thing, how quickly he's able to just shock you with uh one after the other like pick you up motivate you move forward and go out and do it so here's dicky b all right so the the thing that i really wanted to focus on was uh your time at the pistons or more accurately leaving the pistons and how that how that affected you and how you came back from that because everyone knows you as this amazing positive upbeat guy but you had quite a, a down spell so I'm, I'm so curious how you brought yourself back from that and, and, you know, leading into ESPN and this incredible career you've had since then. So talk to me about that moment. Well, I, you know, number one, whenever you have a, a adversity, I do a lot of motivational
0: tips uh, early every morning. I just had one up today about how to treat people, treat people with respect, people that t- treat you with respect. So I believe a lot in motivation. I believe a lot in inspiration. I do a lot of corporate events. We all over the country and I can tell you this, you have two choices. When things get tough, you can either fold, you can roll over, or you can pick up the pieces and move on. And simply, I had no choice. I got fired by the Pistons. And I got fired in November 1979. I thought it was the end of the world because I was like a boy a ball of Paul dream. <laughs> My career was <clears throat> exploding. I mean, I had been teaching uh, a couple of years earlier in junior high school, basically coaching in high school. All of a sudden, I'm an assistant coach at Rutgers, then I'm the head coach, at University of Detroit. I'm an athletic director, head coach, University of Detroit. People a little bit interested in me from different schools, and things are going really great. Man, in my 30s, living the American dream, and then all of a sudden, bam, I go to the pros and I get fired. And you find out a lot about people, you find out a lot about yourself, and you got to pick up the pieces. And I've learned in life that when things get tough, you got to just move on. And that's what I basically did. I simply said to myself, You know, I can roll over feel sorry for myself and, you know, have all these excuses and alibis, or you look in the mirror and simply say, you know what, I'm pretty good at what I do. I know I can go out and I can communicate with people and I'm going to do something in a positive way. And fortunately and lucky for me, ESPN came in at the same time. I did the very first game in the history of ESPN college basketball on December 5, 1979. And I cannot believe, as I sit here today, Going on my 40th year, four decades at ESPN. I've been through all kinds of presidents. I've been through all kinds of people. Have worked with talent, and to be able to survive in this business, which is a very subjective business, yeah. to be able to survive, I'm very proud of that. And proud. If you would have told me the day I got fired that I'd be talking to you and saying, you know what? Wow. I'm in like gonna be fourteen Hall of Fames. I just got notified that I'm gonna be in a national broadcasting hall of fame wow. and get inducted in that. Congratulations. Just so so many great things have happened for me. I'll you know? happened in December, December eleventh. Bob Costas, myself, Jim Nance, Mary Carillo. And I'm just so awed to be in the company of those kind of giants. But I would have thought no way, shape, or form. But let me tell you this too, go back in my life as yeah. well. I lost my eye as a kid. A lot of people don't know that. I'm blind in my left eye, I poked it with a pencil basically when I was younger. I was four or five years old. I don't even remember the incident. Uh, it's my mom told me, but I have no vision in my left eye. And I thought that was really, you know, at that time, you know, in my life even going to high school uh, when my eye used to wander like crazy kids used to bully me and and tease me. And I thought it was the worst time in the world. But again, you got to pick up the pieces and move on. You have no choice. You have no choice. Well, you have two choices. You can roll over, go to your room, cry, feel sorry for yourself, and and don't do anything with your life. But uh, I've always been a guy. I love people. I love being around people. And I love just, share in a moment. I just got back from a Notre Dame weekend and people saying to me, gee don't you get tired? These people coming up to your pictures, autographs. I said, are you kidding me? I love every moment of it. These people make you who you are.
1: Yeah. Dick, did you did you feel that in that moment, though? Like, did you go through a down spell? Did you do a little bit of rolling over? Or is this just who you are that you immediately just pick yourself up and, and push ahead?
0: No, no. Of course you go through a down moment. I mean, I was so down through the Piston situation. I was sitting home feeling sorry. I was watching uh, Luke and Laura on General Hospital. I don't think <laughs> you're human if you could just get, you know, you got some feelings of pride and passion. Yeah. It definitely, definitely affects you. But you got to sit there and analyze the scenario. And fortunately for me, I have a great wife who really encouraged inspired me. And when ESPN first called me to do a game, which I'm not interested I have no interested in television. I want to go back coaching in college where I belong. Yeah. And it was my wife who said, you're just sitting home doing nothing. Why don't you go out there and have some fun and just go out and, and do the things you've always talked about. I mean, I always talk about having pride and passion, and I was violating that. But then again, I, I, I'm i so happy that I finally, with my wife kicking me in a butt to get out of the house and do something. Uh, so I was just staying home, man. I was, I was I was down. Sure, you get down big time.
1: Yeah. There's there's something else that uh, you had talked about, Lorraine, calling out specifically your wife around friends and and who's there and who isn't and who's more of an acquaintance and who do you rely on versus, you know, who's just sort of nice, but not necessarily there when you really need to, you know, someone to pick you up and and maybe call you out a little bit. And it's important to have those kinds of true people around that. Yeah, they're supportive, but they're also they know you and they know when you need to be pushed a bit. Right.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think you are going to have a team. I just got honored on Friday uh, with a big award with the CEO from Publix. And both of us in our speech and our messages to the crowd of over like 400 some people told the people there. And, and people in the audience were a lot of CEOs from the Sarasota area, major corporations. And as I told them, you know, bottom line is you got to have a team. Uh, I have a team. I have a great team. Uh, my family, obviously, is my number one team, and then my second team and my second family has been all the colleagues at ESPN for 40 years. I mean, think about it. They've been more than half of my life has been with ESPN, and I've met so many beautiful people—people people that are really successful. People, some of them who had to take some real tough shots when ESPN let people go, and, uh, and, and they went through tough times. Many of those people, but really, I. I I have a great, great team. I have a great support group. I have great people in my corner. Help me in every way. Raise money for kids battling cancer and do things in a a positive way. I wake up every day and I tell people, have a plan, man. Have a goal, what you want to achieve for that day. Write it down on a piece of paper and go out and make it happen. And if you can look in your mirror every day of your life, at the end of the day, and you can look at that mirror and simply say, I was better today than yesterday, you're winning.
1: That, that's perfect, Dick. That's absolutely perfect. That's, that's what I ascribe to. And you, when, when I heard you speak, like you left the room feeling that way too. You also gave so much of yourself over a number of days that w- what I got to see of you is yeah, you're this larger than life person, but you're also incredibly human and giving. And I'm so curious is that something you grew into? Or is that, I mean, you talked a lot about your childhood and the values from your parents. Were you just raised this way that this is who you were destined to be? Or did you learn that lesson?
0: Yeah, well, my family was that way. I grew up in such a loving family, uh, uh, not just my mom and dad. and Obviously, they're ahead of it. They were the heads and the, and the leaders, but all my uncles and aunts. My mom had nine brothers and sisters. My father had nine brothers and sisters. They represented the fabric of what this nation's about, blue collar, all about family, all about giving your best, all about just working and working and working and doing the right things in life. And really, that rubs off. It rubs off on you. It becomes contagious. I know when I was a kid, you didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to do anything, to, you know, break the heart of my mom and dad. I, I just, you know, some guys got in trouble. Some guys did things, and I tried to go the other way. And then, unfortunately for me, I did go the other way. And I look today at where I live, the home I live in, the people I know, the people I, places I go, and the things I have, I, I pinch myself. The only sadness I have is I wish my mom and dad will live in to enjoy everything I have and be able to live and make me do things for them, which I can do now financially in every little way. But again, uh, I know they're up in heaven and I know they're they're probably aware of what I'm doing.
1: That's that's amazing. Dick, look, I want to respect your time. Normally I ask people for other social media and everything. Everyone can find you pretty easily, but there's one thing I want you to call out specifically, and that's your cancer charity work. Where should people be going to give to that cause to be a part of it?
0: Well, you know, I, I really need a lot of help. I'm trying to raise $4 million this year. And really, Brian, uh, uh, I need help. I need yeah. help from people. It's, it's it's a battle. It's a real battle out there. I work 24-7. I'm going after I'm done with you here. I'll be signing some books and stuff, trying to get some money. And so every dollar, I don't, I don't make a dime anymore, in any of my merchandise. I give it all toward that goal of $4 million. And it's really tough to do so again if people want to join my team and help kids i'm talking about kids man kids that are really confronted with some tough tough times uh i i can give you a list of kids i know th- know them inside out kids battling brain cancer kids battling all kinds of neuroblastoma i mean people don't know the names wes herman joshua fisher I mean, Joshua did 1,200 doses of chemotherapy. God. Try that. You think you had got a problem in life, try to be a mom and dad and watch your son go through that. Try to be a Canon Wiggins, another youngster who lost his hearing because of, 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 of all the radiation and the chemo and not growing like a normal youngster would grow at the age of 11. And then just see the pain and the hurt that their mom and dads have. And it makes you say, wow, that could be me. It could be anybody. So please, if you want to help, just go to Dick Vitale online.com tick vital right online.com you'll be able to see there are all different things i have but when it says donate to the v foundation you can do that and every dollar you donate will go through the v foundation and go for pediatric cancer if you want to keep up with what i'm doing and follow me just go to dickie v and twitter at dickie v because i constantly put up Updates on what I'm trying to do in the world of raising money. Uh, so far, my people and I have been fortunate enough to raise $25.2 million, Unreal. but it's not nearly enough. We no. need more. we got a great gala on May 11th. You're going to be able to read about it. If you go to my website, digfighttownline.com, we're going to be honoring Dabo Sweeney, coach of Clemson, Chris Fowler, ESPN, Avery Johnson, Alabama, former NBA star. Holly Rowe and also Lee Corso. It's going to be a great night at the Ritz Carlton.
1: Awesome, Sarasota. Dick, I'm going to personally donate $500 to your charity as a thank you for not just for doing this, but the cause that you've taken on. Childhood cancer is a is a big focus for me as well. And I challenge everybody listening to reach into their wallets, dig deep, and be a part of this because that you're absolutely right, both for those kids and for their parents. It's, uh, it's an unbelievable pain that we should not be experiencing in this world. So thank you for helping to make that such a focus.
0: Well, Brian, thank you so much. And just make sure, uh, just put on the check, V Foundation, but on the bottom, put for pediatrics. And make sure you just mail it care of my uh, office address.
1: You got it. Dick, thank you so much for your time. I know you're always short on it, and I, I appreciate so much what you've given me today, and for all the listeners as well. Huge inspiration to the world.
0: Wow, thanks a lot. I'm glad we were able to hook up, man. It was a little technical problem in the beginning, but I'm glad we hooked up and, and I remember meeting you. I wish you lots of luck in your career. And just remember, if you have pride and passion, anybody listening, if you have pride and passion in pursuit of your goals and dreams, a lot of positive things will happen. Believe in yourself. Ever, ever believe in can't? And remember this message I got from my mom and dad years ago be good to people and people will be good to you. Excellent. Think about it. I'm a 14 Hall of Fames. I can't run. I can't jump. I can't shoot. I got a body by Linguini. And I'm a 14 Hall of Fames because of pride and passion.
1: Dick, that's awesome. Can I ask you one last favor? I always close out my podcast by saying today is a new day and having the guests say, go out and do it. Can you join me in that? Yeah. You can throw in a baby if you want. Okay. All right. Today, today is a new day. Just go out and do it, baby. Go out and do it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dick. Okay, buddy. Thanks. Take care. Wow, it's uh, it's almost exhausting, right? Like, did you expect to get that much energy uh, in such a little amount of time and so much motivation, so much content? There's just a ton in there. I think it's kind of funny when I was writing the show notes, I got, you know, so many bullets in like seven, eight bullets. And I was just like, you know, I, I have to push myself to get eight bullets out of some 30 minute sections of interviews. And, uh, you know, to really pull the gems out. And he was just like, bam, 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 hitting you one after the other. Um, And such energy, such intensity. Uh, Dick's awesome. And you take so much from the interview, from the motivating message he's got. And you realize, like, it's not just a guy who's memorized a bunch of catchphrases. He's lived all of this. He's like, this is a practice what you preach kind of man. And I think that's part of the lesson and he doesn't you know he doesn't hit on this particularly but um and he didn't when i got to hear him for like an hour or so he i think there's something to be said for living with this level of motivation and focus on others and what that ends up doing back for you because if he wasn't so focused on helping other people achieve i wonder if he would be as driven and successful as he is i mean i wouldn't put anything past him but I think it's all intertwined. I guess that's the point. You can't really separate them. You know, they say that the they, (laughs) who's they? Well, anyway, they say that the best way to learn something is to teach someone else. And I think that goes for motivation too. You know, that goes for getting through tough times, picking yourself up and succeeding. If that's what you're facing, well, maybe helping someone else get through their tough times or giving them a bit of inspiration is actually the path to helping yourself get there. Because, I mean, I've, I've certainly experienced that myself. You know, one of the key things I, I've mentioned when I talk about the journey to figure out your true motivation is that mine's been a really long journey. Um, and not even, you know, talking about my whole life, but just since Do A Day was born in that moment in 2011, it took... It took me what, like six years till the book came out and I was discovering through that whole period and getting more clarity. And then it was like another six months after that on someone else's podcast where I got interviewed and he kind of pushed me and called me out, you know, to, to dig one level deeper. And, and, you know, obviously there's more levels after that, but he was absolutely right. There's more to it than even I realized at that point, this stuff doesn't end. It's a lifelong lesson. It's a lifelong growth. Dick talks about it back from, like, you know, when he talked about losing his eye as a child or losing his sight in his eye, all the way through to all of these moments, all these successive experiences he's had. And he's ensured that he's grown from each of them, the good and the bad. Uh, You know, he's definitely grown from his experience of the Pistons, but there's a lot of positive experiences and people that he's gotten to work with that he's like, that person's amazing. I want to take from them, I want to learn and grow from them. Um, it, it's uh, it's just inspiring so like i could sit here and continue on and on and on about how fun and energetic and exciting and motivating and inspirational dicky v is and i wouldn't be wrong in doing that but i will let you guys take the messages go back and start to work on yourselves and think about you know now that you're fired up what can you go and achieve and if you want a little bit more help taking that energy and putting it towards purpose and putting it towards direction, you got to get the big goal exercise. It's free. It's easy. Well, it's not easy, actually. (laughs) It's not long, but it's meant not to be easy. It's meant to challenge you. So give it a shot. Doadaybook.com slash the exercise. You can download it. And while you're over at Doadaybook, you can check out Doaday if you don't have it. You can uh, link over to my website to check out my blog. It's at brianfalchuk.com. Um, I put out lots of articles, lots of content. There's tons of other interviews I've done with the Do A Day podcast, but also with uh, other podcasts I've been on. You can get all that stuff at doadaybook.com or over on my site. I link to everything, make it super easy so you can check it out. And this is coming out before my 40th birthday on October 19th, which means you still have time to join One Vegan Day. That's my challenge to the world to get on a path of better eating for yourself for the environment for the world for everyone but you don't have to do it for the rest of your life you don't have to not eat whatever thing you you love that's you know an animal based product for the rest of your life you just have to do it for a day like that's how i started on the vegan path i just did a day so reading rich rolls book finding ultra And I just found myself inspired. He kind of calls you out like, why haven't you tried it yet? And I'm like, you know what? He's right. You can do a day. You can do anything for a day. And that's actually when do a day got its name. If you hadn't heard me talk about that multiple times over. So October 19th, 2018, I am challenging the entire world to go vegan for that day. And if you want to do it beyond that, awesome. You can worry about that on October 20th and 21st and each successive day after that. But I'm just asking for the 19th. World Vegan Day is, I think it's November 1st. It's it's in November. I'm pretty sure it's the 1st. Um, just call it like a warm-up for that. You know, give the 19th a try. See how it works. Maybe you can keep going. And maybe you find yourself on World Vegan Day being part of that movement and beyond. It doesn't matter how many days after the first one. But we can all do a day. So take the challenge. Go to brianfalchuk.com slash day. it's O-N-E not the number one although they both work but O-N-E-V-E-G-A-N-D-A-Y so brianfalchuk.com slash day. sign up if I get enough people to sign up we'll have a little competition with some giveaways including Rich's book Finding Ultra and some other amazing vegan themed reading materials maybe some other surprises if we get enough people in there Go check it out, brianfalchuk.com slash day. Otherwise, I will leave you here. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Do A Day podcast. It means the world to me that you listened, that you spread the word, that you review the show on iTunes, and that you go out and do it. Thanks, everyone.